Welcome back, podcast community. My name is Cam King. This is Three Questions Podcast, episode number 59. Today, I have a new contact, a new friend of mine, Robert Williams from Brooklyn, New York, whom I got in touch with on LinkedIn. And we hit it off right away on a chat. And I was like, dude, we should hop on a podcast. And here we are. Robert, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm phenomenal, Cameron. Uh, welcome to 2024, second day in the year, right? Second day in the year. That's right. Um, just to let you know real quick, I do post these podcasts on YouTube if people want to watch. Or, and of course, it's on Spotify. Apple Podcasts has been taking months to get approved. I don't know what the holdup is there, but it's available on BuzzFeed. So whether you're watching on YouTube or listening online, I really appreciate you. But Robert, why don't you tell us what you're doing, where you're from and who you are? Yeah, so uh, born in Brooklyn, grew up out in Long Island near Jones Beach on the South Shore. So if you're familiar with Long Island, uh, it's a few minutes from the beach. Right now, I'm living in Brooklyn. I work at UPS. I'm an account executive. I manage uh, maybe a third of Brooklyn, so the Williamsburg, Greenpoint, Bushwick territory, if you're, any of your listeners are familiar. Um, my clients typically have an annual shipping spend between thirty dollars and $300,000. So say you were one of my clients, Cameron. That doesn't necessarily mean you yourself spent $300,000 annually on shipping for your business. It could have been split between your clients and you. 100% your clients are paying for the shipping. Maybe you offer all of your clients free shipping. So you did you know, spend that $300,000 yourself. But there's many different ways that my clients are um, kind of managing their, their, their shipping bill. That's awesome. I am super impressed with it. That's an industry I know very little about, but the ethos of this podcast is really to homogenize all the different things that everybody's doing, right? All the, all the things that make this country great, that make people are doing such interesting things. And whether you are, you know, in the military or you work for the government or just you're some, some sort of public servant, or if you're in the private sector and you work for a company, it's it's amazing how much people know, regardless of their position and status in life. And that's why I want to start this podcast was sort of to bring more of the common folk onto a podcast just to share little tidbits of their life. I learn a lot from it. It helps me become more empathetic and understanding to what people are going through and what they've done in their life. And it just I, I find it to be very inspiring and energy giving, which I'm I'm very big on. So um when you're ready, we can hop right into the questions. I know we already talked about it, but it's five minutes for each question. I'll ask you the question and I want you to give 100% of your info so that people listening can take something away from your answers and your experience and your your walk of life. Uh, you ready to go? Yeah, ready when you are. So we, all right, cool. So I'll set my timer out, hold up a, a four minute sign when you're ready to go. But um, yeah, all right. And let's see, question number one. What is one thing you've learned in your personal and professional life that you would like to share on a podcast? One thing that I've learned from my personal and professional life that I'd like to share on a podcast. Ah, interesting. In my 34 years of life, I've learned many different things. Um, probably the most important thing that I've learned is to always have a positive mental attitude towards, you know, whatever you're doing or whoever you're interacting with. Because, you know, even if it's you're in a situation that, you know, you could perceive as a negative situation, there's always a silver lining, always something you can learn from it. And, you know, people are always watching you to see how you're responding to situations. So 
if you respond in a positive way, not only are you personally learning something from it, but others see you overcoming that situation in a positive way. And, you know, they'll be more inclined to help you out or, you know, it, it just works out for you better, I think, in the long run. So positive mental attitude. I, I completely agree, both in your personal and professional life. And I have a lot of talks about this. And I think the reason why I enjoy doing the podcast and I enjoy my coaching platform is I get to work with guys who are going through seasons of life that I've already been through. I'm not saying I'm further ahead than them, because I truly believe that everybody gets to learn. Everybody has the same opportunities to learn the same things, albeit at different times. And when I bring on a new client or I'm meeting a new client, I really get to empathize with what they're going through. Guys going through really tough breakups or job losses, or they're just, their confidence is whack, or they feel like they've been drifting for years and now they don't even know the way back. And I, I kind of help guys rediscover that. And the backbone of that is exactly what you said. It's just having a positive mental attitude, just centering yourself for a moment, no matter where you are, and just be like, I fucking got this. There's nobody more capable, whatever. Yeah. And I like, you Go. know, perfect from my experience like i said i'm 34 um i just got my bachelor's degree in 2019 my first year of college was in 2017 so just from that experience alone you know a lot of people your parents are saying things your friends are you know i'm sure they're saying things so you have to be mentally strong me myself i had to have a positive mental attitude to successfully complete that bachelor's degree experience another experience i had uh was working at an airport when the pandemic first started so i've always been into uh, transportation, cars, airplanes, and all of those types of things. So I'm working at an airport, never had this type of experience. So of course, I'm low man on the totem pole. So uh, you do things like lab services, which is um, kind of uh, cleaning out the 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 get the tank on airplanes that are holding the things from the toilets, and you're sweeping and doing a bunch of different things that, you know, could be considered a dirty job. And, you know, you get frustrated when you're handed off these types of things. I remember one time I was sweeping a hangar um, at the airport that I was working at. And there's an airplane in the hangar, a small little Cessna type of plane, a helicopter in the middle of this hangar. And, you know, it, anybody looking from the outside in would be like, damn, like that hangar is insane. Like, look at the aircraft inside of this thing. But, you know, somebody who's in there by themselves having to sweep this hangar by themselves and then mop it, you're like, oh, why are they going to send me in here to do this? But over time, as I'm doing this, I actually started really enjoying it. And I was thinking like, hey, this is my hangar. This is my helicopter here. This is my airplane. Like, you know, then you start really enjoying, you know, doing it. And kind of like this podcast, maybe you put on a podcast while you're sweeping or, you know, you play some music and it's not really that big of a deal anymore. I remember my first day at the airport, my manager had me dig out the, the ties that they tied the aircraft down on the ramp when hurricanes come through so they don't blow away. And I'm like, damn, you know, you know, I was thinking, like, why is this guy making me do this on the first day? But, you know, I wanted to show that, you know, I had value here and I'm not that guy who's going to be complaining when things get tough. So, you know what? I did it, but I took my time. I didn't rush through it. I knew I was going to be there from eight o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the evening. So, you know what? I took my time digging this thing out that was six feet in the ground and had a piece of concrete, you know, tied to it at the base of it. So you pull it out and we had to remaneuver it. So these things, again, positive mental attitude. I completely agree. And we're just getting to time on question number one. So I want to bring that into question number two for you, because you mentioned this earlier before we started recording, but you used to work in the financial sector as well among your life path. And you mentioned 
you wanted to talk about the importance of financial health, regardless of age. And you said you wanted to share some information. So talk to us there about question number two. Yeah, so I did used to be a registered representative, and um, that's basically a uh, financial professional who can um, solicit clients in different states that they're registered in and sell stocks, bonds, things of that nature. So, you know, young guys coming out of high school, a lot of us don't have that financial education as to what what is a bond, what is a stock, what's the difference, how do you participate in these financial markets? Usually it's guys who are you know, going to college, very professional, you know, making big money on Wall Street who are investing for us. So the way that I look at the stock market specifically, it's like the global health. You get exposure and you get to learn about all the companies that have new products or have been here for years. How are they doing? So you look at stock charts, it's kind of like the heartbeat of an individual. And you can see how this company is doing. Is the price of the stock going up into the top right corner? Well, that's a healthy company. Is it horizontal sideways? They're kind of stagnant. Is it going down? It's not a healthy company. So you want to look at that five-year picture, and then you can zoom in on uh, the stock chart of a specific company. But for young guys and older uh, people or people in their middle age like you and I who you know haven't had that experience yet, who may think it's too late, it's not too late. You know, think of Look at Crocs, the slippers that are hugely popular nowadays. All the kids are wearing them, even some people in their middle age and older. They're super comfortable. I remember the first person I saw wearing them was that chef Mario Batali on the Food Network. So they've been around, but they just got popular. But that's a publicly traded company. So anybody could have bought that stock at a low price and you know could be holding it today or could have sold it for a profit. Look at Bitcoin, $45,000 today. It's up you know, 200% since its lows in 2022. And this is a, a, a financial product that's not a stock or a bond that many um, traditional financial experts were kind of trying to tell the young guys was a scam, but now they're the ones that are putting huge money into it. And the young guys you know, are risking missing the boat. But at, on the end of the spectrum, a lot of them are the ones who got in at low prices when those traditional guys were saying it was a scam. So they're actually cashing in on it. But that's not to say there's still not huge opportunity. So all I'm saying is these financial products, whether it's a stock, a.k.a. an equity, a bond, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a cryptocurrency like Ethereum or Bitcoin, it's good to know about them. And when you're confident enough to actually put some real money or some quote unquote skin in the game. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's a shame that they don't even teach us in high school or college. I mean, I guess a little bit in college, but you really have to seek this information out yourself. And I think that's the main underlying point that for me is that if you want to learn about this, if you want to get better at it, you have to put in the time and have the humility to be like, wow, I know nothing about this. It's time for me to learn. Again, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, I kind of, I put it off for a little while. And then I was like, I need to get pretty serious about this. So that's really become a main focus for me being in my 30s now. And it feels good. Like I feel more empowered. Like I get excited about buying stocks and wanting to hold stocks or flipping options, whatever it is. And it's, it's kind of cool when you're like, Oh my God, I, you know, plus 2% on this one thing like that. That's yeah. cool. And it's like but going to you, the gym, you know, you're not going to become Arnold Schwarzenegger in the first year, you know, you yeah. learn a little and you see some guys like you or I in the gym, Cameron, who, you know, obviously have some muscles or like, mm. you know, you build up that consistency and then you get your own momentum. It's like we're locomotives, you know, leaving the station in the beginning. It's like, and then we're just moving on all cylinders and inspiring others. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I was coming out of a, uh, like a gas station in the summer and some guy walked, I was walking past, he goes, 
damn, how long have you been lifting? And I was like, my entire life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, I started one day and I haven't stopped. And I, I feel like that's exactly the mentality that people need to have when it comes to investing in financial health. It's not a part-time gig. It's a full-time everyday gig, like seven days a week. You should be learning about it. You should be reading about it. And you should be trying to get better at it. Regardless of how much money you make, if you have the systems in place, you can make money and compound interest is a beautiful thing. So I was just thinking, and to tie it into the previous question, something I said before, take your time. You know, a lot of us want that quick win, like hit the lotto, go to the gym, like get the abs in the first few months, you know, get shredded, you know. These things, you got to, if you try to rush it, you're going to get hurt or you're not going to want to do it. You know, it's going to be painful, you know? So it's easy. It's better to like slowly get into the pool instead of like diving in, not knowing how to swim and having somebody to have to come and save you. Yeah, I completely agree, man. Um, well, let's hop into question number three. And this relates back to question number one and now question number two. But how does positive mental attitude play a role in your everyday life? Yeah, um, I think that it's super important to have positive mental attitude in your day-to-day life because we're all exposed to so many different things that could easily put us into a negative mental attitude and kind of keep us there. You know, you're in one, you see one negative thing, then another negative thing happens and you're thinking about those and then you're like overwhelmed by the work you got to do. And like, it's kind of like a snowball effect. So uh, one thing that I've been doing for a few years now, maybe since 2011, was uh, is yoga. So I started with Bikram yoga, which is heated 105 degrees for an hour and a half, 26 postures. And I do something called Kriya yoga. That's K-R-I-Y-A. And that deals more with meditation, your chakras, breathing exercises, and things of that nature. So I look at your body like a space shuttle. You know, first we have to realize we're in the cockpit with our consciousness. Then you got to, you know look at all the different gauges and then you got to figure out how to how to work the gauges and you got to tune the spaceship up like we want to go to outer space now so now we got to tune the thing up make sure the tires are filled like you know we got to take off so there's different things you got to do and with yoga with bikram that's like the the real hard tune up like the big things and then the the breathing exercises is like a more fine tune up and when you do these things i feel that it really aligns you with the the present moment because Bikram specifically, it's so hot and you're sweating so much. And some of the postures are like you're standing on one leg and you're stretching things you've never stretched before. You're thinking about like getting out of the posture and the heat and you want to leave the room. So you're really forced to be present in that moment. And as I progressed in that Bikram yoga, instead of being at the seat right next to the door to get that cold air when the instructor opened it, I moved to the middle of the room in the front row. So now I'm not distracted by the cute girl in the room or the guy next to me who's fallen out of the posture. You know, I'm just focused on myself, um, you know, in that posture, in that specific moment right there. And now that's translating to, you know, having a positive mental attitude where, you know, I'm not, yeah, I might see, think about that thing that happened a few minutes ago or something that's going to happen in the future but I'm able to kind of bring myself back to this present moment right now where, you know, everything is okay. And it kind of realigns me to that positive mental attitude where I could kind of regroup. Dude, I, I love that. I especially love that you were talking, talking about chakras and, and breath work. I have spoken about that a few times on a couple of the earlier podcasts. And a lot of the original questions were just things that I remember Googling or wanting to learn more about. 
And I have a couple books here on my bookshelf too that specifically talk about all of that. I don't know if you've ever read Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Miss or Advanced Energy Anatomy, but oh man, yeah. you're speaking my language right there. <laughs> so um, very, very cool. I also agree. One of the more neuroscientific things that I've come to find out in my research and all the content that I've consumed is that we typically have about 80 to 90,000 thoughts per day. And about 90 to 95% of those are negative. Only about five to 10% of those are positive ones. And of course, 90% of them, 80 to 90% are subconscious. The subconscious mind typically runs our day-to-day -day activities that we do over and over again. But the conscious mind is really where we make our money. And it's illogical and the reasoning part of the brain. And scientists have actually been able to isolate different frequencies and they can actually map them out. But it turns out that a negative thought is not as strong as a positive thought. Positive thought is actually 20 times stronger than a negative thought. So that 20 to one ratio of saying, hey, if you can just you know stop yourself and have these positive thoughts, hey, I got this, I believe in myself, I love myself, I can do this, I will be successful. You're actually overwhelming majority of the negative thoughts that we have on a daily basis. And I feel I like the reason, go ahead. Yeah, I was just, gonna, I was just thinking like inflation versus deflation. Yeah. You know, when something is inflated like a balloon, how much stronger and resistant is it than the balloon that's deflated or your tire and your tire gets yeah. punctured when it's deflated? So, you know, it, it it's crazy. So um, it's not like I, I also don't believe in toxic positivity. Right. I am a realist. I understand how my brain and body works and some of the things that I've been through, it's made me seek out this information. And the more that I sort of connect and share and learn from other people as well, it's like, hey, all of these things are aligned, they're all connected. So now when you go into your day tomorrow and you catch yourself, you know, a lot of a spiral or something's happened, you can be like, no, I got this, everything's gonna work out, I trust that I'm on the right path. And that just, that sort of off ramp from the sliding of negativity is is what all, I. that's the first thing I teach my clients. Is like, hey, you gotta you gotta find an off ramp right away when you're sliding, right? When guys bump into their ex, or this happens at work, or whatever, right? I think we all another really bullshit. big thing is like giving back to um, like helping the community. Yeah, you know, because like I I was in my car the other day, like eating my lunch, and this um homeless dude like knocked on my window right to the left of me, and I you know I responded a little like you know negative. I'm like, why are you knocking on my window? I'm like, and then like, I immediately felt bad about it. I'm like, damn, you know, this guy just wanted a couple of bucks to like, you yeah. know, do whatever, maybe get some lunch or something like that. So I immediately like opened my wallet and like, I pulled out $20 and I ran and found this dude like up the block. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. Like here's $20. But like, all I asked for you is like, pay it for like, be kind, like, you know, yeah. be kind to somebody. And then yeah. when you do little things like that, it just makes you feel good. Like a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's for you or for the other guy, you know, yeah, but it's little things. You said, you said one of my favorite words there, and that's selfless. I think with society today and our instant gratification things where people just get addicted to dopamine and don't have an attention span more than three to six seconds, being able to be selfless is a, it's such a valuable skill and it's rare. And I feel when people do give, they human nature of greed can really play a part where people will give only to get. And then getting becomes an expectation. And I also tell my clients, expectations are just premeditated resentments for when they're not met. So be careful about setting expectations of people or places of situations, because that's also something that we do subconsciously. So yeah. I feel like being selfless is very much a conscious choice every single day, 
I'm going to do this for that person and I'm not going to expect anything back. Like, please pass that forward and keep it going in that direction. And I feel like that's something that this country has lost a little bit. Not everybody, such as no. yourself, but yeah, I was in Brooklyn. You know, it's pretty like, you know, garbage in New York City. And this guy had a garbage, like little dustbin in a, a broom, like walking up Flatbush Avenue in the middle of Brooklyn. I'm like, yo, I've never seen that before, but now I want to do it. <laughs> no. yeah. And it wasn't one of the guys who like get paid to do it. It was like some just normal dude. Yeah, it's funny. My mom, uh, my mom organizes like a trash pickup in the city and we did it over Christmas and did it with her. But like 30 people showed up and like yeah. more than that show up every single week and they just pick up trash around town the same spots because people keep littering in the same damn spots and it's yeah. crazy but like they still show up every week and they just that, do it that's because the thing. It's, it's not a, it's the consistency it's not that one-time thing like going to the gym like you got to have that intention mm -hmm. like i know what i'm doing is the right thing and be consistent with it you know yeah i i couldn't agree more well, Robert, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know we agreed to 30 minutes, but do you want to say anything, how people can reach you, connect with you, social medias? Uh, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Robert A. Williams, UPS. So if anybody wants to talk about logistics or wants me to connect you with your local UPS representative, because uh, we do manage territories. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, poach on somebody's territory, but there are people like me across the country and we're all very uh, well versed on the uh, UPS system and our partner network. So we have a lot of capabilities uh, as account executives in UPS that people are familiar with. I feel like you show your businesses. Um, kind of like this, you're a mentor. We're mentors in the logistics space and we have partners that are mentors in their space. So, you know, everybody's mentor in the So... You know, day we're all here to help So if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to Cameron to make sure you find me on the Robert, I love it, man. I'm going to call this a wrap for episode 59. We'll have to get you on again in a few months. I'm going to get this stuff, but I really appreciate you popping on and uh, wish you all the best. Yeah, Cameron, you all the best in 2024. Thanks. See ya. All right, peace.